All right, I'm going to welcome you back from the break. And now you're still tuned in to Coffee Conversations, a badasses podcast. Without it, we wouldn't have some technical issues, which you know what? You got to overcome, adapt and overcome. And I have two awesome guests here, Hector Bravo and Cody Watkins. Hector, introduce yourself, man. What's up, guys? Hector Bravo from That Prison Guard YouTube channel and Instagram. Hey, guys. Cody Watkins here, owner of Healthy Image Fitness and Nutrition. I'm an online fitness coach helping people across the globe. Awesome. So as we know, September is Mental Health Awareness Month, and we've already talked a little bit about this. And now we're getting back into it and how important physical fitness is to mental health. So, Hector, uh, did physical fitness play a role in you and your getting back to health and your sobriety? Physical fitness, yeah, has always been a part of uh, my life at the starting at the age of 17. However, that was not enough, you know, to to get my mental health right. Do they go hand in hand? Yes, but, you know, mental health to me took priority. Take priority. What was that? How, how does that take priority? How's your mental health? Because, take you, you, because, because you could be in shape and completely fucking like uh, out of it. You know, you can be in shape and depressed. You can be in shape and uh, solely be, like I said, solely being in shape is not going to, you know, for me do the trick. It, it was a bunch of other stuff, which we were talking about earlier, you know, daily habits, positive daily habits, being gratitude, uh, making amends and, and not holding resentments and all that kind of good stuff. I agree. And have, have you guys, any of you guys ever experienced somebody who you just like looked up to was just like, bam. And then on the inside, they were just so torn up and sad, like so depressed. They couldn't even function. Have you guys ever known somebody like that? Yeah, 99% of Hollywood. (laughs) 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 Uh, You'll see it. You'll get get role models. And I think the problem is we'll paint a picture, right, of what what their lives are like. And some of them are broken as hell on the inside. And sometimes when you kind of, you meet some of these people, it's a bit of a letdown. So it's it's just interesting. I had a mentor early on, right? And uh, he was older than me, 50, 52, 53 years old. So about the time my parents, about my parents' age when I was, I'd be about 19 years old, right? Well, long story short, but he ended up committing suicide, right? And this was a guy that I had known for years. And he had, you know, when he was younger, he had got launched out of a windshield, landed face first on a curb. He was declared, and I think it's a not, not the right term now, but mentally retarded, uh, mentally slow, right? Where he would never be able to, you know, walk, talk, communicate properly. He would be on social security and all that. And he basically said, F that I'm going to do this anyways, put himself through chiropractic school, taught himself how to do all that stuff all over again. And ended up being decently successful. The problem was, is, you know, sometimes it's just, it's, it's overwhelming for people. Like he had swam upstream in his entire life and, you know, not, not my place to judge it, but he just got tired. And that's when he kind of subcame to it. And it, it wasn't like, I don't agree with it, but it was, that was probably my first experience with that kind of, I guess, suicide for anyone I had known or anything like that. Yeah. That's uh, when you're in a constant mode of survival, it's hard to get out of that because when you're constantly fighting and fighting and fighting and fighting, and that's something that you have done your whole life. You don't know anything different. All you know is the, you, all you know, all you know is chaos. You need to have some kind of chaos in your life in order to really thrive and survive. Because if you don't, then you don't know what to do with yourself. It's kind of like, Oh man, why, why am I in this? This is a weird place to be. And I don't know for your friend, but I've heard a lot and studies have shown, you know, people who have always been in just chaos and they've all lived nothing but chaos. That's what they need in order yeah. to survive, which is super hard to get out of. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, Hector, you wanted to say something? That physically rewires your brain. Being in a constant state of fight and flight, especially for their long period of times, um, long period of times, you know, like uh, veterans in war, uh, 
inmates in prison, you know, that constant fight or fight will send like neurons. I mean, I don't know how to get technical. I'm not a doctor, but it, 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 it affects that reptile type of the brain, right? So it's more in depth, scientific, really, or biological, whatever you want to call it. Then, you know, there's a method behind the madness. Once you figure that out and learn it, you know, hey, you learn. I'm not fucking crazy. I'm not weird. I'm not. It's 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 by design. Survival. Survival. That's it. That is 100% it. You, you touched on something, PTSD, uh, post-traumatic stress disorder. And it's pretty well known uh, these days, you know, so people, you know, know the terminology. Um, what kind of experiences lead to PTSD, uh, Cody? Well, that's going to be very driver-oriented, right? You get a lot of these military guys and they've experienced things they don't want to talk about. And that's okay. But you can get people that have PTSD from a bad breakup. They just won't label it as PTSD because they're so that, that situation was so mentally hard on them. They'll bring it in every new relationship they try to get. So then they get rather disconnected with people. So obviously like when we get to disease status of PTSD, it's, it's a bit more extreme, but they have the baby versions of that based on the versions they get from the situations. Uh, Hector, same thing, man. Same question, man. What kind of experiences, you know? Any, anything that is traumatic, and like he just stated, uh, it doesn't matter your upbringing. It, what is traumatic to you, right? What what goes against your moral being, your... I mean, you could be a rich kid growing up in Beverly Hills, never been exposed to violence or anything traumatic. You go down to Melrose or whatever those rich malls are, you get mugged. You get battered, victimized in the process. That's going to be a traumatic, may or may not be a traumatic experience to you. You're, you may, you, you just became a victim of a, something, a crime. You know, you're going to be hypervigilant. I mean, these are symptoms of post-traumatic stress disorder. Hypervigilant, be looking over your shoulder. Is this going to happen again? Right? You're going to be afraid to leave your house. You're going to isolate. And that's just one example. And the list can go on and on. And I, I think with the society today, when they think about PTSD, they're thinking about our, our veterans coming home from war or active duty, you know, coming back from war. And, you know, one, you know, being a combat vet, it kind of bugs me a little bit about that because it's like, hey, listen, I get it. I get it. But don't label us all like that. Even if we have it, you know, it's something that is very curable. It's something that we can get over. It's something that we can get treatment and adapting and overcoming and move on and have a very good positive life. But also a lot of people in this world are experiencing PTSD and they don't even think they, I don't even think they know it. Somebody who gets sexually assaulted, gets raped, gets in a huge car accident, you know, has life changing experience, you know, like what Cody had, those all can lead to some form of PTSD. And it's wild that, you know, I think people don't quite label it correctly. I think doctors don't quite get this thing right. They're like, oh, you just have anxiety and depression, you know, which, yeah. Well, that's- I feel anxiety, I feel like that's a way of your brain signaling it's having trouble processing something. So when you can break something down to a really simplistic version, you're not going to find yourself getting extremely anxious about it. So take if you, if your, your whole house is a disaster, right? You go to start cleaning it. You're in like, oh my God, I have to go here, 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 here. It's too much. But if you're like, I'm just going to clean the kitchen first, right? And you knock it out. You do it like a to-do list. Check, 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 check. You break down that huge task into simple steps and it makes it more doable. But your brain is so busy trying to process everything when you're in that anxious mode, you, you can't even think of where to start, which makes you more anxious. And so I think that that starts to be most of the problem when it comes to this stuff. So we put a label to it, but we don't create any path or to a solution. It's like you're broken. You have trauma. Okay. Now what did what take a pill? Like what was that? That solution. <laughs> like, how, how do we get out of this? That's uh, all too common. I think the, I think medicine, modern society and medicine is, and you know what? Honestly, I think we can all argue this on a different facet. We can sit there and go, it's big pharmaceutical companies, which agree or may agree or agree or disagree. What I probably agree. I think they have 
pockets and they're pushing it more. But, you know, it's I, one thing that is, I think, positive about social media is the attention that we can bring to it and saying, hey, guys, this isn't the only solution. There is a way better solution than just popping pills that you're probably going to get addicted to that you don't even know you're getting addicted to until you start getting them off of them. Then you're like an addict searching for the drug. Well, and I think one of the problems that social media, like you said, it's a great tool, but it can be misused just as easily. So I think one of the biggest issues you'll find with social media is it's, it's almost sexy now to have mental health issues because it becomes a priority. So then you lose the people in that, in the fog of that, that actually have issues for people using it to seek attention. And so then people can skew it a little bit because it is a real thing. But when you get people that respectively haven't had a huge amount of trauma, they just have no ability to cope with it. Getting in the same category as somebody who got back from, you know, military experience or something like that. That's a whole different animal than like your favorite goldfish dying and you're traumatized from it. Right. But now uh, yeah, everything goes on the same platform, right? Because attention, it doesn't matter if it's good or bad, what's going to get it for you. And people will feed that when it comes to the social media. So trying to sift through it and see like what's real, what's not does become a little bit uh, more challenging. It, you know, so social media influencers, I, I see this time and time again, and people are shocked when they see social media influencers committing suicide because they have this life on Instagram and it, I mean, it's the most extravagant life. It's they're everywhere. They're all over the place. And I'm, and, and when I see this in my mind, I'm looking at this person going, well, this isn't really you, you know, who are you is, is going to these destinations. You, I don't think so. I don't think so. Who are you? You know, you're just taking pictures in, you know, Australia, you know, New Zealand, Croatia, you know, at a beautiful mansion on a lake or whatever the case may be. But it's like, this isn't really you. Who are you? You know, I understand you're doing this because this is a means of making money, which is fine. I can totally respect, you know, the hustle behind that. I can. But what I have a hard time with is that mental health aspect of like, oh, man, I've got the perfect life. Everybody live like me, live like me. But behind you shut that door, you turn the camera off. They're completely shattered. Cody, you touched on it just a few minutes ago. But Hector, what do you what do you have to what do you think about that aspect of the social yeah. media influencers these days? Yeah, it's like you said, who am I? Right. And I had five years, five years of sobriety before I figured out who I was. And that was the year because I got sober in 2010. So in 2015, it took me about four and a half, five years. I kept asking myself, who is fucking Hector? Because I had been fucking abusing substances and alcohol for such a long period of time. And that's another thing I want to add. The human mind doesn't stop developing till the age of 26. So you got to understand all the shit that I was packing in there. in the How to kill people. How to not get killed. How to be violent. How to be transform every emotion into rage. How to uh, manipulate women. How to lie. How to cheat. How to steal. So, man... Think about all that trash and garbage I had to uncover and fucking repair. And um, it's five years, bro. Five years it took me. And now this is it, you know? So I, I do put myself out on social media. This is the change of pace for me. But I, I'm a thought authentic and is real. <laughs> I walk my daughter to school every day, you know? But I hear the, the people that are putting up the fronts. Yeah, that's huge. Uh, that's misleading people. I agree. I agree. And Cody, you, you do uh, find uh, you have the same opinion or? <laughs> oh, yeah. So not just social media in general, but coming from bodybuilding itself, man, it the industry itself is broken. So you see these guys online ripped abs in shape and people are like, wow, you know, that guy's getting all the ladies. He's got a picture by this car. The amount of people that I have known associated and work with in this industry, I can count on one hand how many people I know that are happily married, right? The amount of infidelity, cheating, the amount of people that are broke as hell doing anything they can to get their drugs for bodybuilding, but 
can't, you know, can't have a nice place to live, a st- can't have a steady job because they can't, uh, it'll take away from their bodybuilding, right? They got to be able to work out and take all their drugs and do all this stuff. And it's, it can be a nasty place. And so people will see these snapshots of it, but those are some of the most broken people I've ever met. I've, I've had people that, you know, on social media, they put, put it up like they're a king living there and they sleep on a mattress on a floor in a studio apartment. And so you would look at them if you didn't know them in person, you'd be like, wow, that guy is killing it. And half of them, in no offense, but they don't have a pot to piss in when it comes to it. And so if they would just take a little bit of effort they they put into charading uh, this great life, they could probably have that great life. But then you get these onlookers and they have such a following that they think that's what it takes to be happy. And that person isn't living anywhere close to what they're putting out there. It's not transparent at all. And there's a lot of that out there when it comes to it. I've had some really high following, high successful people. Like I, when I was doing in-person training, I, I remember I, I trained them in person and they had huge followings and I was blown away how quiet they were because you get them online and they're like this bubbly personality, right? And just behind the camera, they were a completely different person. And then you get them in person and they're quiet as a mouse. And it was very strange to me because I like to think I'm, louder and more obnoxious in person because I know everything's recorded on the internet. <laughs> so, <laughs> this is like my PC version, right? As much as it isn't, but uh, it is, right? So in person, my mouth runs twice as quick. And so it was really strange to me because I thought everyone was authentic online. And then when I started meeting more of these people, I realized that wasn't the case. Wow. That's, uh, you know, that's, it, it's unfortunate. I don't think there's a lot of authenticity and uh, man, I could fuck that word up all day long. Um, <laughs> you know, out there, I, I really don't. I think it's hard to really find somebody who's out there saying, you know, just being real on camera as they are real in person. You know, and that's that's one of the endeavors I think we went down is like, hey, I have to be me. I can't I can't be this facade. I can't be something I'm not uh, because it's not going to come through. It's not, you know, people are going to smell shit. Yeah. Right. You know, and that's, and that's exactly what it is. I have to be me on this. And, you know, Hector, you, you hit an important topic, man, being authentic, dude. You, you're like, dude, this is just me. You know, and I believe it, man. Um, you know, we, we've had talks, we've talked uh, many, many times. You're a guy who say you're going to do something and you do it, man. You know, but, you know, the stigma in physical fitness as well. You know, I think people are afraid to start an activity, go to the gym because they're afraid of what people are going to think. And then not only that, but now we have this phenomenon that's going on, I guess you could say with people recording themselves at the gym. And then these girls are like, Oh, these guys are looking at us. You know, what, what do you have to, is that, is that a, is that a thing? These chicks actually recording the dudes watching them or something? Oh yeah, well, yeah. You, well, it's well, not. I don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I, I just think it's lack of. And again, we you know we did discuss this earlier. It's uh, and I'll say it again, man. Uh, working out is ingrained in our hard in our hardwiring. Going back to the caveman days of hunting, hunting, gathering, protecting, and providing. Right. So that brain is powerful, man. I'm telling you. It. We are in a lazy fucking society. Excuse my language. We are in an entitled society. And this is the truth, man. I've been to third world countries. Uh, You want to see dirt poor? You want to see no opportunity? You want to see some nothing? Yeah, it gets bad. And there's that whole terminology that, uh, what is it? Hard times create hard men. Easy times create soft men. The whole cycle goes over and over again. And that's where we're at, man. Uh, Uber Eats. How easy is it for you just to Uber Eats on the couch and fucking just stuff your face? The Netflix, you know, the whole game change. And, uh, you know, before you kind of had to drive to Blockbuster, get in your fucking car and drive, right? People bicycling, even COVID brought back people walking out with their family were doing walks, going to the park. That was a fresh breath air for me to see. It's like, fuck, is this what it took for motherfuckers to go back to normal? <laughs> outside? <laughs> Look, it's kids playing outside. That's good to fucking see, you know? So it's, uh, people got comfortable with being too comfortable. 
I, I agree. But we don't need to go back down to lockdowns, you know, in order to get people no, like, you, off the no. catch again. Like, you know, right. that interesting. You know, I don't know about Texas. You know, uh, I, I could tell you about California. It was a very bizarre twilight, just do 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 do. I mean, type well, of here is weird because there were like well, there wasn't masks. You go to the store and Washington was still everywhere. And I'm like, oh my god, normal people. I haven't seen this in you know a year and a half, two years. Oh man, I've got check. Oh man, I have stories. So when this mask thing came out, this mask mandate, I was like, fuck you. I'm yep. not putting a mask over my beautiful beard. You know how long it took me to grow this and groom yep. this and to make this so delicious looking? I'm not <laughs> covering it up. I'm not yep. covering it up. I am 100% not doing it. So, exactly. You know, plus, you know, it's my food saver too. You know what I mean? Like, you know, we're plenty safe if it comes back, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It catches before it, you know, comes in. And I was in Vaughn's and Big Bear. And this lady, and I was with my girlfriend at the time, and this lady, I, I'm not wearing a mask and my girlfriend wasn't wearing a mask either. And uh, we kind of felt like we were safe up there at Big Bear because we we're away from like huge main society. Uh, but really Big Bear is its own little town. And this lady starts yelling at me, hey, you need to put on a mask. You need to put on a mask. You need to put on a mask. And my girlfriend now is embarrassed. And I just told her, hey, just keep walking. That's how I deal with these people because they'll eventually shut up. <laughs> so I just keep walking and she has a cart. And now all I hear behind me is because the wheels are going, man. Now she's like in full sprint trying to catch me, hit somebody with a cart, you know, you know, ricochets off of them and makes this big stink inside of Vaughn's. And the employee's like, Hey, okay. I get it. I was like, you know what? Fine. I'll, I'll go put a mask on. You have broken me down. Not really. But I was like, I'm going to put a mask on. So I put the mask on. Um, and went inside and this fucking woman was in the checkout line. Guess where her fucking mask was at? It's safe on your chin. Fucking, <laughs> it was a fucking chin holster. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I'm a, and so me being who I am, I started yeah. yelling the top of my lungs and I spit out some bullshit ass code. I was like 56, 14 point CCD, yeah. whatever, some crap. And it sounded legit. You know, yeah. this is how you properly wear a mask and you're not wearing a mask properly and you're berating everybody who doesn't. Everybody's looking at like, hey, what the fuck? You know, yeah. and a couple of people are like clapping, you know, like, yeah. but she felt so little because of what she did to me walking in here. I was like, hey, eye for an eye. Now, I'm not saying do that because that's probably not the right way to really handle it, but yeah. fuck them, you know, well, like, the there was no right way to handle it because it was I pick this side, you pick this side. And you could not get a point across either way. So, you know, coming from health and fitness, when all of a sudden I, I, I watched three, 400 pound people put a mask on and try to tell me to put one on for safety. And uh, how about we quit going to drive throughs this month? You want to talk about health? I'm going to tell you what kills more. It, it, ain't, it ain't not wearing a mask. And so it, the, the narrative shifted, right? So all of a sudden, if you wore a mask, it was safe and healthy. And they're buying, you know, ding dongs, Twinkies and Skittles in the store. And that's cool, right? Because you got your mask on. But the guy in there buying whatever, chicken, rice and broccoli, ooh, he didn't wear a mask. That's unsafe. So I've taken care of my health for the last, you know, 17 years. But I don't wear a mask and it's unsafe. But you have the world's worst immune system because you put nothing but garbage down your gullet. And now you're going to tell me how to be healthy. You know, it goes, it goes more than just a personal thing too, for being fit. It's a liability. You yeah. know, you become a liability. I mean, think about nine 11. If you're overweight and you're in the top now, some fit officer has to run up those fucking stairs, pick your ass up and carry you down. Right? Like you, you're becoming a liability to others. If you're a, a father, your children get victimized in front of you. You may not have the gas in your tank to fight off four or five motherfuckers. Like it's all the truth. Hundred percent. I mean, that's part of physical fitness. And we're not just talking about lifting weights. That's not what oh. everything is about physical fitness. Now, I love I love a good pump, and, yeah. and I'll get into it a little bit where you know I never really worked out on a routine basis uh, in the gym. You know, I never you know I did my push ups, I did set ups, I did my planks and, and stuff like that, and that was good enough, I guess, in my mindset at the time to keep me physically fit. 
Now, now I know a hundred percent of no, that's not right. I have to be a hell of a lot more than just doing push-ups, some planks, and everything else to be physically fit. Because I know myself, if I I was taking Krav Maga for a while, uh, but now that I'll be getting back into it since you know my shit's healed. So, yeah. uh, <laughs> and uh, that's another form of physical fitness, man. Is like, but you have to also it's dieting too, because I, I think nutrition plays a big role. And mental health. If you're like you said, ding dongs and cupcakes and donuts and ice cream and your McDonald's blah, every day and shoving that in your your gullet, which I fucking love that expression, man. I'm still, <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's a yeah, of, of course. Instead of you eating the, the chicken, the rice, the healthy, I think mm-hmm. there is a huge misconception with healthy eating. And well, even even from the mental health standpoint, so we all know like when we get stressed out, it affects our gut, but what people don't understand, that's a two way highway. So your, your gut can affect your mind, not just your mind affecting your gut. And so when you look at it like this, we are a biological machine, right? We're not like the Terminator. We're billions, trillions of cells communicating with each other to have these actions of our body and our gut health will directly affect our mental health, how we perceive things. And so when we put constant garbage in the body, you're going to get a garbage output. It's not shocking, right? You're not going to plant an apple tree and expect pears, right? So you got to expect what you plant. If you're putting garbage in, you're getting garbage out. And so when we can focus on the nutrition side of things, you're going to get a lot more mental health out of it because you're putting good stuff in that gut flora, the, the microbes of the gut are in a much healthier manner where we're not getting those issues that come with those being off. Yeah. And Hector, man, you want to jump in on that so, as well? Yeah, I was just thinking it's a, it's a multitude of things, man. It's, you know, people are afraid to take this dive into a new healthy way of life because people are easily influenced. All it takes is a family member or a friend to say, oh, what do you think? You're better than us now? Oh, why why are you eating like that? To influence them and get them self-conscious enough to just revert back to what they know, their comfort zone. And misery loves company. And it's a whole crabs in a bucket mentality. Like, having pizza parties, it's like they'll just offer and offer and offer it to you, but they won't have the self-discipline to turn it down, right? It's well, a I think a lot of that, to jump, well, to jump in on that, people only like you until you exceed where they're at. Boom. And so this is, this is a success talk, right? But it applies to any aspect. You can be successful at fitness, business. You can be successful at relationships, whatever it is. And so just in success in general, like if, if we're talking like a money thing and you make 100000 a year and I'm like, Hey, I make, I made 90 this year. You're like, you're just, you're doing great. But I go, Hey man, I killed it. I made 120 this year. You're like, well, I mean, he's got it easier with his industry. It's, you know, and all of a sudden it gets a little bit of, there's a little bit of resentment when it comes to it, but it's with anything. So like, like I'll notice it when we get bigger clients on board. So if they have more weight to lose, say they're starting out like 300, every one of their friends is a super supporter, right? That first 10 pounds are down. The first 20 pounds are down. But all of a sudden, Betty's getting smaller than Jenny, and Jenny don't like that because Betty's been the big one, their whole friendship. And all of a sudden, it's making Jenny uncomfortable about her self-image because, you know, quote, unquote, the fat one is now smaller than her. And now it's not that she's not, she, she would love to be happy for Betty, but she can't be because Betty is making her look worse. And so it's really a self-image issue at that point. And that's where you get a lot of those issues. So you'll never get somebody who's fit that comes that comes up to you talking shit when you, when you tell how much weight you lost or how much muscle you gained, but you will get someone that's out of shape. That'll be like, well, that keto is unhealthy. You're right. As they're driving through the drive-thru or like, well, I can't believe you're doing carnivore. Are you sure that much protein is not bad on your kidneys? Whatever (laughs) it is, right. They're going to have some, something to chime in that the news told them. All because what they're really saying, if you just twist it, is they're saying, you're making me uncomfortable because you're doing better than me. Facts. 
facts, man. Fucking facts. And then once you, and I'm sure he'll agree, once you start reaching a certain level, it, it, for me, it gets closer, man. My, my, my dad, my mom, my wife, I had to go against that grain. That oh, grain wasn't that fucking, that grain was not easy. Yeah, that's the worst. And that grain was not, I kid you not, man. My mom is blocked from my Instagram account right now. And I am not. No, seriously. I, I always show you guys I'm not crossing my fingers. You know, I'm not saying that to be a dick or to boast or to brag. But when I had her come on there and chime her, chime in, and give her two cents. I'm like, hey, this is my way of life now. Yeah. This is how my happiest I've ever been. This is how I feed my daughter. And if you're going to fucking intrude and pu- put your, your fucking beliefs on me, I don't need that. <laughs> Dude, I get it, man. Uh, my dad is on the bench right now. <laughs> Because of the same fucking thing, dude. Yeah. He, he was he's like, oh, go get a job. You're going to fail. Like, what? <laughs> Off the team on the bench, motherfucker. Like, get, yeah, I get it. You're not, get, you're not in my circle, dude. You're not in my circle. Like, the person who's supposed to be your biggest champion is not in the circle. You're kind of like, man, that's kind of a mind fuck. But you kind of look at where he's at. It's like, oh, well, you're not fucking happy. You know, it's like taking, taking business advice from a person who's broke. You know? <laughs> You know, to their defense, because I don't want to bash on them, but they just don't want us to see us fail. You know, 100%. that's what I heard. That they, they care us about us that much that they... Well, well I, th- I think that you're not wrong in it, but you also have to look at it from a different perspective. So what is failure? Right. And so to me, <laughs> failure is going and working a nine to five job for a boss in a company that you hate. For the rest of your life, making your 50, 60K a year, living your average American life, that doesn't sound like success to me. So what really they're doing is saying, I've done this. I know it has worked to this point. It's comfort, but discomfort is a state of growth. And so if you live on Comfort Island, you're going to stay there the rest of your days. Nothing that I have ever done that has caused massive levels of success has been fun in the beginning. <laughs> like, yeah, dude, let's do this. We're going to move. So like, long story short, but we sold all our shit, all of our vehicles. We rented a house sight unseen. We rented a minivan and drove down to Texas with our three dogs, right? That's how we did this move. It wasn't like, oh, I got this plan. I was doing in-person and online hybrid. I shut the in-person down. I was like, it's terrible here, right? And so like, <laughs> that's a little spooky because you just don't know what's going to happen when you make that move. Now, that was extremely uncomfortable. And when I got uncomfortable, that's when things got better because there was only, it's like Tony Robbins, one of his, one of my favorite things. If you want to take the island, you got to burn your fucking boats. If you have that boat sitting on the edge, you're like, well, if the island gets too crazy, I'm just going to row back home. You got to cut the cord because then there is no other option. And if your only option is succeed or die, guess what you're going to pick? Facts. Dude, that I fucking I love this, man. This is probably one of the best segments of the episode, man. I love this. You know, you're you're 100 it, man. Is going to cut that cord, burn the boats, man. So one of my favorite quotes is: "Failure is not the opposite of success; it's part of success." You, if you try, you're going to fail. There's no doubt about that. Don't get this notion ahead that like, oh, if I just try, I'm never going to fail. No, you're going to fail. But if you fail, that's okay because you're learning. But if you never try, you're never going to fail and you're never going to learn. And then you're going to go through the rest of your life saying, could I have done it? Maybe I could have done it. Maybe not. I have no idea because I never tried. You don't call it failure. You just call it learning. It's a whole different thing. So I never fail. I either do it or I learn. And when you can look at it like that, it's a whole different mindset because we've got a bad stigma about failure, right? Right. And there's, you know, Alex Mosey talks about it, but you have finite and infinite games, right? And we try to quantify life in a finite game with known players, known rules, known outcomes. And you don't have that, right? Like if you are successful at your business, I'm successful at mine. We didn't beat each other. Like we can't, we're in different realms, so there's, we can't quantify it like it's a basketball game. Like, I scored on you, bro. Whether I got a sale or you got a sale, it doesn't matter, right? Because we're playing against our own thing. We make our own rules. And you, you can't beat business. You can't beat a relationship. You can't beat fitness. You can't beat mental health. You can't be like, whoo, happy today, check. I'm now, I'm, I got this, man. I'm good to go, right? You can't win that shit. 
You just to win is to keep playing the game. Right. And that's the difference. So it's it, we got to change the the metrics we look at. We got to change the standard and the lens that we're looking at this stuff through. So you it's not it's not black and white. It's not happy, sad, it's not mad, happy, whatever it is, it's not rich and poor. It, it's it's different in how we look at it. And when you can look at it through that different lens, you can just enjoy playing the game, right? And that changes the the whole perception of it. You know, and, and to piggyback on that, it's people are addicted to the dopamine rush, the quick dopamine fixes these days, man. You want porn, it's at your fucking fingertips. You want uh, booze, go down to the store and get those little trulies or white claws. I don't know what they drink these days, yeah. man. But just how you stated, once you learn to love the process, once you learn to love the process, and I'm loving the process right now, what is there to hate on? What is there? The, I, I like the discomfort. Yep. You know, people say, Hector, don't you get tired of, of posting a YouTube video every day? No, no, I don't. <laughs> Race the suck. <laughs> don't you, uh, don't you, don't you, why do you wake up at three in the morning? You know, and I, I'm starting to get you agitated. I'm going to ask them, why the fuck don't you wake up at three in the morning? You know, it's like, I, I enjoy doing this shit. Well, here, here's the thing, too. When you look at it, I think one of the biggest issues, and you, you touched on it earlier, Dustin, is, is we, we don't like doing stuff we're not good at. And so the problem is, is when you go to do something new, you're going to suck. And modern society is like, it's not a, like you can't suck. Don't be a failure. Don't expect to suck. And you're going to suck for X amount of period of time. Not one of us went up there to the gym the first day and was like, I've been stressed 450. <laughs> like some people aren't getting their lifetime, right? You get up there, that bar almost crushes you, right? Like you're sore for six days. Nobody is good at this shit when they start. But what do you do? You go, okay, I sucked here. Where can I improve? Right. And you start to learn to enjoy the game. So even components of business, fitness, fitness, I've been in so long, right? I, I just, it's bred in me. Business is, is the newer of the things. So with, with business, like as you guys will know, there's, there's different aspects and there's some things that you may not like in business, right? You're like, I hate doing this particular job. And then if you ask yourself why you hate it, it's probably because you're not good at it. And so like with me, social media drives me bananas, right? That's like my least favorite component of it. <laughs> oh man! But as I've gotten better at it, it is far more enjoyable than when I wasn't good at it. So it's not like the, it, the task hasn't gotten any different. It's just, I enjoy it more because I'm doing better with it. Yeah. It, sales, it, sales for me, man. I don't have any experience in sales, so I fucking hate it, but I know I have to do it to yeah. get through it. Yeah, I love, I love that part. That's my favorite part. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. It's, Cody, you're good to me, man. I, I want to tell you that, man. You're great at it. it Hector, I'm in line with you, man. You know, I think they <laughs> forgot to teach us the sales techniques in the military. Um, <laughs> you know, only yeah. thing we were good at was uh, selling lead, you know, and they yeah. were just buying it. You know, so uh, that was easy. Facts. You know what I mean? Um, it, it, and that's, you guys, you both hit this, man. Being com being uh, being comfortable, being uncomfortable, really, because you have to break out of your shell. When you first started posting on social media, Hector, I'm sure you didn't like it. I know I didn't. I looked at myself and listened to myself. I was like, wow, that guy on there is a moron. Like, who's going to listen to this guy, right? Because you have that self-doubt. You're very uncomfortable doing it because you're not used to it. But you did it for so long now, it's second nature. Now you're comfortable with doing it. Correct? Yeah, it, right. And it had to do with, like I said, eliminating those people close to me that would make their comments. Oh, what are you doing? What are you thinking? Uh, who do you think you are? You know, and they would mock me and shit. But like, I just fucking kept pushing every day. I kept pushing and just putting that camera on there. And yeah, it, everybody, I'm telling you, you do something long enough, it's going to become fucking second nature. <laughs> Same thing, Cody, man. I'm sure you, when you first started posting on social media, I'm sure you weren't just the most comfortable person on there. No. And see, like naturally I'm, I'm an introvert, right? And that's what people don't pick up. Uh, this, I created the extrovert me and people don't hone that in. Like I was a kid in high school, man, I get nervous walking in front of the bleacher just to find a seat. You know, <laughs> so this, this whole thing is created when I first, I did in-person training at that job when I was 19. And so I worked for 24 hour fitness, right? So when they got us in there, they go get in. I'm like, all right, I'm gonna be a personal trainer. I'm gonna start training clients. Yeah, we got this. And they go, okay, go find your clients. I'm like, what do you mean go find my clients? 
like I'm a personal trainer. Like, let's give me my clients. I'm ready to get them in shape. Like, yeah, just go start talking to people. So what, am I supposed to go up to somebody on the treadmill and be like, oh, hey, Sue, are, are you feeling a little chubby today? Do you think you need a personal trainer? Like, how do you approach it? No, no, so I was just thrown in the water, right? It was sink or swim. There was no other options at that point. I was forced to get out of my shell. And then as the the fitness industry evolved, right? It became more online and stuff like that. You couldn't have did it when I first started. It wasn't even available. And as we started getting more into it, then social media became a thing and, you know, online coaching and all that. But it, I, I remember I was going through, I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with Tim sales, but he's a sales coach. Right. And I went through a couple of his like books and stuff in the beginning. And one of the tests thing, and this is way before. So he would literally set up a teddy bear and you would record yourself doing a sales pitch like the teddy bear was the customer, right? The problem is when we hear our own voice recorded the first time, it's weird. Like you guys know that you're like, that doesn't sound like me. And you got to get used to it. Right. So that was his whole thing. Just, you know, kind of saturation, getting used to it, but man, it was uncomfortable as hell, but everything that's uncomfortable usually bears fruit. Once you get to a point where you've developed mastery over it and it has become comfortable. And I think, kind of a side quest on that. I think one of the biggest mistakes I made in doing this stuff, uh, if you guys are anything like me, I'm a real stubborn ass, right? So I, if I say I'm going to do something like it has to get done, it's just in my character. Problem is, is that that's a double-edged sword. So I spent so much time trying to build my identity about around being self-coached. Like I never had coaches. I never had mentors. I did this shit for 12, 15 years on my own. And if I would have hired a mentor to come in and speed the process up, it would have been nine day difference, but I couldn't check my ego enough on the side to do that. I've, I've had a few more slices of humble pie as I've gotten older. Right? <laughs> I'm a little bit more open-minded idea of it, but obviously they, they got to be doing better than me. That's my whole thing, right? I won't listen to people doing worse than me. I don't, right. I don't look behind me in the race and go, hey, hey Joe, what, what are you doing to lose to me? Like, what's your secret, right? I don't care about that. But if I'm getting beat by the guy in front, I want to see what he's doing. That's got him doing a little bit better, right? Man, you hit the nail on the head. You know, one thing is the biggest, I think people have a hard time walking into a gym. And I'm segueing something else. And I can relate to them. I was at my heaviest, 275 pounds. And we're not talking about me going for a bodybuilding competition. This was like a table-eating competition. And I was a big boy. And I'm only 5'10". So... Put 275 pounds, pack into a 510 body, you know exactly what you can get. And I had a midsection the size of a hippo, dude. And I lost weight. And I did it, I did it with on my own, but I also did it with something in mind. And Cody, you said something. If I would have hired a coach then to help me out six years ago, I would have been step leaps and bounds of head of where I'm at now. You know what I mean? It's hiring the people that are experts at doing something to get you into that common goal because you're paying them there. And their goal is to get you there because guess what? They need you as a success because you do it. Now, guess what? Somebody else is going to go and say, hey, you need to go talk to this guy. You know, same thing with, uh, with what you're doing there, Hector. Everything that we do is, is, is part of success. When you put yourself out there, you're like, holy crap, man. I, I've really got to be, you know, it, if I'm preaching it, you got to be it. You know, yeah. I, I've seen this time and time again. Somebody say, oh, you got to be physically fit. The fucking guy's 300 pounds. Like that's not physically fit. Yeah. You might be like a heavy lifter, but like, is that really being physically fit? Yeah. Is it? I don't know. I, for me, I look at it and I'm saying you, you have to judge by the character that you want to be in. And if you want to yeah. be physically fit, you got to hit, you know, the, the Cody's, you got to hit the Hector's man. You, cause those are the guys that we need to get us back into what we want to be in, you know, and these guys are up on stage. Oh, you gotta be physically fit. And they're not heavy lifters. I've seen some big old fucking dudes up there that are just heavy lifting McDonald's. <laughs> you know what I mean? The 64 ounce sodas are just like, that's a different weight to crush, but you know, it's getting you into the gym and getting you working out. You know, I was uncomfortable and I've already lost the weight. I was at 212, 212 pounds, and I still felt uncomfortable going into the gym. But that was the naysaying in the back of my head. Now I'm saying, fuck it, go into the gym. You do it the first time, you do it the second time, you do it the third time. Now I'm like, I can't wait to go into the gym. I might not be able to lift as much as 
Joe Smo, who's you know got four sets on each side of the of the bench press, you know, or the incline yeah. or squats. Subject goes on that subject from earlier, right? The reason you feel uncomfortable is because there's you feel there's people in there doing better, right? And so it's like when you start getting in shape and mom and dad are flipping you, flipping you a bunch of shit for it. It's no different than that self-perception we go into the gym with. You rarely will see a super in-shape person in the gym that's, you know, really down talking or making fun of anyone in the gym. Like if I see somebody in the treadmill that's 400 pounds walking, I'm like badass. Like they made it there. Like that's awesome. Versus that person thinks a guy like me in the gym is going to point and laugh and be like, look, <laughs> I can't believe that person's here. And that's, that's not the point of it. Right. And so once we can get through that initial negative self-talk, but if, even if you look at statistics, numbers and things like this, I know some of the gyms I've worked at in the past, upwards of 90% of their members don't actually use their membership. Wow. It's like a fat tax. Because it's the same thing, they're so uncomfortable to use it, they pay it, but then they don't want to cancel, right? And so they, they could, gyms actually couldn't sustain the amount of members they, they have. And so they don't want you to use it. They just want you to pay and not use it. You're less hard on the equipment and all that stuff. So they're not exactly like, you got to be a self-advocate for success. That's the thing. The gym's not going to get you in shape. You using the gym will. Like if you have a whole thing of nails and a hammer sitting there, they're not going to pound themselves into the wall. Right, like you, you gotta do the work, <laughs> right? It's the tool to do so. That you hit the nail on the head, man. I love and now in this regiment, I, I love going to the gym. I don't give a shit about anybody else because guess mm-hmm. what? I'm not there for them. They can judge. They can look. Who gives a crap? Just be there for you. That's all you're there for. You know what I mean? And if somebody is really pointing and laughing and, and all that crap at you, it's because they have a problem. They have a confidence problem. You know, it's not you. Um, so super important, super important, uh, important question here, guys. Uh, there's many studies that's actually shown this, that pumpkin spice is the best tool for your mental health. Would that be true? Wait, say that one more time. But pumpkin spice is the best medicine for mental health. Wait, wait, like, are we being legit here? Because I haven't read that. Story. No, 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 being, being sarcastic <laughs> as hell. You know, I, I know it's coming up on coffee season, you guys, but I don't drink that stuff. So, uh, <laughs> you know what? I had a feeling, Cody, you weren't part of the program with this. <laughs> Hector, are you? What's that? Do you pumpkin spice, man? Do you do you drink pumpkin spice? Eat it? No. I'm the only basic bitch in here. Yeah, you are. That's why you went right over our heads. We didn't know what you're talking Shit. about. Shit. Like, that didn't even <laughs> fucking land. That thing just took off and we just kept going right over the heads. Okay, well, fuck it. I'm the only one who likes fucking spice. I like it. <laughs> it's guilty. So when you talk about ding-dongs, I was like, look, it's only acceptable if it's pumpkin spice. <laughs> the only way. Other than that, yeah, forget yeah. it. Uh, I, I love that shit. I, I really do, man. You, you give me a pumpkin spice latte or, uh, you know, popcorn, which... I'm not doing it now because it's not, it's not my diet. You know what I mean? Now, see, every once in a while, if I pop a few kernels in, that's fine. It's like one or two. She just got went to Starbucks. She made some, it's like a 40 calorie pumpkin spice. I don't know the coffee terms, right? That's the problem. Yeah. So like you coffee guys probably wouldn't know that stuff, but you know, when she's like Vente latte, hmm. I have no idea. It's like speaking Chinese to me. I have no <laughs> idea. When we say Starbucks, automatically we're not talking about real coffee. Is. I have no idea what it is. You know. <laughs> we're talking about Starbucks. We're not even talking about real coffee then. We're just yeah. talking about <laughs> bullshit. Yeah, into it. Thing, you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you, you got to take your coffee. No, I wouldn't say black, you know, uh, yeah. but that's how I judge a good, good cup of coffee is if I can drink a black and popular to, uh, you know, some disbeliefs. I'm not a big flavored coffee guy. I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not, I love my coffee. Just a very good tasting premium coffee. Uh, but I like a black, but how I can judge a flavored coffee is if I can drink it black. If I can't drink a black and I'm like, Ooh, man, that's just not a good cup of coffee. Yeah. Uh, then it, good, yeah. it does not taste good. You know? Um, so when I make a flavored coffee, it's, Oof. It takes a while. It takes a while to get it perfect. Yeah. But, you know, uh, guys, we're going to wrap this thing up, man. I really appreciate you guys coming on the show, giving your expertises and giving your opinions. 
And uh, Hector, anything you want to say to somebody out there who's struggling mentally or physically? Yeah, you're not alone. You're not alone. And uh, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results, right? So if nothing changes and nothing changes, just keep that in mind. Sweet, man. Cody, any last words, brother? Yeah, don't, don't live there. If you're uncomfortable where you're at, it's time to change your approach. And like I said, with the definition of insanity there, it's, that's case in point. So where, where I think most people are going to fail is they think it's going to be an extreme thing that they have to do when small, subtle changes are going to go a long ways to making those habits stick. So if you can break it down, chunk it down to the basics, okay, I need to move a little bit more, go on a walk. I need to clean up my food a little bit. Like I need to journal positive thoughts, affirmation, whatever works for you. You start doing those little things, you're going to spend maybe three to four hours a week doing that. And the quality of life increase you'll get for those is exponential on top of that. Said guys, you know, we just had two badasses come on the show, different walks of life and talk about mental health and their physical fitness journey. And with coming to two different walks of life, there's extremely, there's two things that have are no doubt. One, being comfortable with being uncomfortable. You know, both of them have said it many times. Be comfortable with being uncomfortable. That's just a way of life. Also, get active. Get fit, guys. Go out there and get a coach. Go out there and get a physical fitness coach. Go out there and get a business coach. Have somebody there that's going to be accountable for you because also that's also important in this journey through mental health and in physical fitness. Guys, you're badasses, and thank you for coming on the show. Coffee and Conversations of Badass Podcasts. Guys, we see you on here. Go on there. Smash that freaking subscribe button. Hit it. Get the alerts. We have a lot more content coming out. We have a lot of stuff in this next few months. That's just going to be completely badass, mind-blowing, and we want you guys to see it and not miss it. Thank you guys for watching, and we will see you next time. If you have a heroic story and you'd like to share it, Get in contact with us. Our information's in the bio. Also, don't forget to hit the subscribe, like, and share. And then I'll see you on the next episode, badasses.